My favorite review of, of my voice was once uh, it said, Mark Eitzel is sort of like a cow alone in the middle of a field under a tree bellowing. I thought, that's pretty good. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I am your host, Rob Elba. It's great having you all here with me. It is a lovely... What day is it? I don't even know what day. Oh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, early afternoon, and I'm talking to someone on the East Coast, so it's a little later there. I'd like to welcome back to the show, returning guest and friend, Mr. Tim Heinley. Welcome back to the show, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes, for those of you, uh, most I think most listeners know he's the CEO. We'll call him the CEO of Dagger Enterprises, and he was he's been running Daggerzine <laughs> in one way or another since like '87, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and we kind of swapped uh, places because uh, not that you just lived here, but you have you have lived in California before, right, Tim? Yep. Yep. I was up in Sonoma County back in the back in the '90s. Yeah, you've lived all over, but now you're a current resident of South Florida, where I just moved away from, right? Yes, that's right, man. We were we were neighbors for a while there. For a very short, for a very short while, got to hang out just a little bit, and now we're all the way on the other side of the country. But what are you going to do? Like we were just saying, that's just how life takes us. And uh, I'm excited for the album we're doing. I'm excited for the band. I was a little, I was surprised at first, just because. I thought, um, well, I don't know. We can discuss it all, but uh, let us know first. Uh, who are we, to, who, and what are we talking about today? Uh, the second American Music Club record, Engine. Yeah. Now, the last record you did with us was Dag Nasty. Uh, we did "Can I Say" by Dag Nasty, and I always, I, I, you know, I think right. of you as a punk rock guy, but you, you're not. That's not fair to say because you're obviously a fan of all different types of music, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, with you know, you know, you know, within the within the rock pop thing, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know, you know, you'd never see me on here doing like a jazz record or like a blues record or a folk record, but right, yeah, right okay. within like the pop, right? I do. I had my punk days. Which, I mean, I love those albums, but I also love you know, Engine and you know the all the New Zealand Flying Nun band. That's like one of my favorites. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> The 86 scene out of England in the 80s that, you know, so like, right, I'm kind of like just, you know, kind of all over the map. Right. All right. So this, uh, so American Music Club, uh, a San Francisco based uh, band uh, formed in 1983, led by singer songwriter Mark Eitzel. And um, and I guess their their so their 1985 debut, The Restless Stranger, I saw is widely considered to be the first uh, slowcore release. She said, "I won't wait for you anymore." I said, "No, don't wait for me anymore." Do you consider this a uh, slowcore, or do you even uh, recognize that? At- as a genre, you know, I don't. Y- y- yes, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, bands like, 
you know, like codeine, they, they, I mean, you know, if you want to use, you know, like use that phrase, like, you know, codeine, they were really like slow, you know, red house painters. So it's not. Loaded stadiums or ballparks. Who you know you know early on you know Red House paint you know you know they they got compared to AMC quite a bit. I think like you know, you know I think Mark Eisel may have taken like Mark Kozula kind of under his wing for a little bit. You know but you know and maybe when they were you know just kind of maybe like helped him get gigs and stuff. You know they were both based in San Francisco, but yeah I, I don't know you know I. I would consider AMC, you know, even though some of their songs are slower paced, I don't know if I would consider them, you know, actually consider them part of that, that whole like genre movement, whatever, you know? Right. But there is, but there is a certain quality to it that sort of sets it apart from other indie bands of the time though. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, God, man, man, I saw his, his lyrics, man, God, when I first heard that, I was just like, you know, he's, I mean, he's singing about some really, you know, really, you know, heavy emotional stuff. And when, you know, when I, when I first heard that, I was like, whoa, you know, this is right. You know, this is definitely, this is definitely different than like a lot of the stuff I was listening to. He was really, you know, like he was just like, you know, just kind of straight from the gut, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like, I was almost thinking it's more, you could almost call it emo in a way, although the, musically it doesn't have that much to do with emo, but the lyrics, yeah, like you said, they're just very emotional uh, from the gut. And uh, yeah, it's almost like emo slow core, I guess. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He was definitely, definitely emotional. Yeah, still right. is probably, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now, uh, before we go any further, something interesting I, w- I want to point out. Once again, like the last uh, episode we did, uh, Neil Young, Tonight Tonight, this uh, release is not available on Spotify. But uh, luckily, it is available on Bandcamp for a digital purchase. And that's where I purchased it from on Bandcamp. But it's not up on Spotify. Huh. Oh, huh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I usually use Apple Music and it's not it's not on there either. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So there must be some reason yep. for that. But like I said, it's, uh, it is on Bandcamp and that's great. I feel like, cause I feel like the artists get probably a little bigger cut of it, uh, when you get it from Bandcamp. So right. Right. Totally. Yeah, I was happy to see that. All right. So this came out in 87, 1987. Was this your first uh, American music club, uh, that you heard or did you already know about them? Yes. Yeah, no, nope, nope. No, this was this was you know this was the first one that I heard. You, you know, I was re- you know back then I was reading a lot of you know a lot of fanzines, and you, you remember Conflict? Remember um, that was um, Gerard Cosloy zine. Oh, okay, okay. Right, his uh, really really brilliant brilliant zine. But he at the time, you know, you know he was working, you know, he was working at Homestead Records. Um, and yeah, 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 you know, you know, he was doing, he was doing that zine conflict and yeah, I, you know, it was kind of, when I started, when I first started picking that zine up, I was a really voracious reader of it. And yeah, one, one, you know, in one of the issues, I think it was actually the issue that had Gigi Allen on the, it had a Gigi Allen interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was that issue in 87. He, yeah, he, he reviewed engine. Yeah. You know, and I read, I read, you know, he's, you know, his reviews are usually, you know, very kind of spot on. And yeah, you know, and I read his review and I was just like, whoa, this is, I don't know who this band is, but I've got to, I've got to, I've got to pick this record up. And yeah, you know, I, I went out and, you know, bought it and, 
you know, probably like the next day at a, a local record store in New Jersey. And yeah, you know, I just, from that record on, I just, I fell in love with the band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that, that's great. It's funny. It's it's almost hard to convey to like younger people now that we used to read, like I used to read uh, a Trouser Press and you would read a review and that would make right. you want to hear an album. You, you'd you never hear any of it. You'd never heard it before, but just reading a really well-written review of it, you know, makes you go out and get it. And that's great. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny in, I think it was in 89. I was still, I was in college up in Trenton, Trenton state. And I did it. I did an over the phone interview with Heitzel. I, it's, for, you're going to laugh. I, I, I called He told me, I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a letter <laughs> and he wrote back this, this really sloppy letter, you know, you know pre-email. He wrote back this really, he put, yeah, Tim, I love to interview. Here's my work phone number. So I called this work phone number. I said, is Mark Eitzel? I didn't know how to pronounce it. I was like, oh, is Mark Eitzel there? <laughs> and the guy's like, Eitzel? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I, I actually said Eitzel, like a total bonehead. But, um, but yeah, I, I uh, you, know, you, know, you know, we did a phoner. We did a phoner. It was in 89. Oh, nice. And that was actually the first year I saw them at um, uh, the Knitting Factory in New York City. I drove up by myself from Trenton, and um, yeah, it was just you know in a, in a brilliant set. And then after I, you know, after I had moved to the Bay Area to Sonoma County in 1992, I saw them many, many times. You know, in San Francisco, I saw them many times after that. Right now, so. At that time, were they, I mean, so uh, that's their home base and everything. Were they more of a big deal? Because I feel like they, they, you know, spent most of their career really, uh, you know, underneath the radar for a lot of people, although I know we'll, we'll right, get to it because right. I know a lot of people that are fans. But were they more well-known and did they have a higher profile there, at least in San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. They, de- they definitely, yeah, de- they definitely had a higher profile in San Francisco for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah you know, they were they got to the point where they were playing like, you know, Slims and the great American music hall, you know, which, you know, not, you know, not, not huge venues, but, you know, bigger than, bigger than your corner bar, you know, right, but yeah, right, they were right. definitely, but yeah, you're, you're right. And the rest of the country and around the world, right. They were, they couldn't even get arrested. Right. And, and I guess now, I mean, at some point I would have, of course have to bring it up, but I guess now's as good a time to, uh, to say that in some, once again, rat bastard, my friend, uh, Frank Valester will get mentioned <laughs> because it's because of rat that a lot of people in South Florida learned about him because rat was an early fan and, <laughs> And he introduced, like, he used to make these uh, mixtapes every Christmas, and the, and there would be, an, invariably, uh, some American Music Club stuff on there. And, yeah, so, uh, you know, I guess Guided by Voices and American Music Clubs are two bands that I wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for Rat, and I think a lot of other people can say that, too. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, thank you, Rat. Yes, right. Thank you, Rad, for something at least. No, no, he has good. No matter what horrible music he's involved with, he does have excellent taste in, in music. Um, and, of course, he always thinks he's right about everything, and the only good music is the music that he exposes you to and listens to. So, you know. <laughs> I, guess we're, I guess we're all like that to a certain extent, right? Well, yeah, but he's to the nth degree <laughs> poor you know okay, it's you. funny tim uh we tim had came down here and and so i was starting to introduce him to some people and he had heard of course heard about rap but i know tim uh, don't feel bad it's disappointing to anyone the first time they actually meet him because they're like confused they're like does he not like me or does he it's like no no that's just <laughs> how he is i think i asked you that yeah right? every, like, everyone does I mean, that 
<laughs> he was very aloof. He mumbled a bunch of stuff. Yeah, no, he but that's walked just away yeah, from me a couple rad. times. But we, I did engage. I, I was able to engage him a little bit. So I. But that's. I feel, the, like, I feel like that was a vic- that was a victory. Yeah, I've known him uh, thirty years, and he's still aloof and mumbles to me basically. And yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Rat bastard. Yes. All right. So yeah, let's start listening to the album. Um, so you got, so you get this, uh, you read about it and you went and got it on what on vinyl or a cassette? Yeah. Yeah. It would have, yeah, it would have been right. It would have been, you know, still been, you know, 87 or 88. So yeah, I definitely would have bought it on vinyl pre, you know, pre CD. I don't think I even, I don't know. People, I, I, I don't even think I remember hearing about that CDs even existed until like 1990. I know they were around before then. It, well, I, you're I, right. I yeah, no, same with me. Early 90s was when CDs started to, uh, yeah. And like, right. what a ripoff, man. We all got ripped off so bad because remember how expensive they used to be too? Yes. Yeah, I know. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous was like, because it was cheaper, cheaper for them to make and they charge more money for them. So Right, right. But yeah, that was, I think that, I think Engine was, um, you know, it was, it was a grifter. I think was, I think that their original drummer, Tom Mallon, I think grifter was his label, but that, you know, but it was also on frontier, you know, Lisa Fancher's label that put out all that incredible punks, you know, adolescents. So it was a, I think engine came out. I think it was like a grifter slash frontier release. If I remember correctly, you're right. And and that's probably why it's available on Bandcamp now, I think. And that's probably maybe why it's not on some of the other things too. And, uh, and then in the UK and Europe, it was Zippo, I guess, which I don't know. Have you ever heard of that label? Zippo? Which one? Zippo. (laughs) Was it it Zippo or or Demon? I guess, yeah, no, I've heard of Zippo. I definitely had some stuff on that way. I just, not that I can remember any of the releases I had on there, but I definitely... Definitely had something on there for sure. I guess in the UK and Europe, but I, you know, I got my, I got this, this information right here from Wikipedia. So of course it has to be 100% correct because, you know, I saw it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way it could be wrong. Um, All right. But let's, let's listen to the opening track. Let's listen to a little bit of Big Night. Big nights are black and blue. They get cold and they get wet. They're calling out for you Like no one you ever met No one dreams in the hours around me The more I lose, the more you find me I lose track with every kiss We shouldn't be isolated like So, so right off the bat, the atmospherics are like off the chain right from the start. Uh, not not only with his right, voice, right, but right. in the just the, in the amount of space and distance in the way it's uh, produced. 
Right, right, just right. A pretty, pretty haunting way to open up a record, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, his voice, it just that, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, it's one of my favorite, you know, always been like one of my favorite voices out there. Yeah, well, he sings. He sings with such a conviction. You feel like no matter what, with some of his his lyrics, like as you said, they're great, but some of them are kind of hard to uh, uh, decipher, maybe, but whatever. But he sings them with such conviction that you know whatever it is he's singing about, you know he's one hundred percent in on it. You know, and he's uh, he's right. he's yep. not uh, BSing it at all. He's like it's like coming. It feels like it's coming straight from his gut. Yep, absolutely. I would. Yeah, I would totally agree. Now, uh, Tim, are you normally a lyric guy? Would you consider yourself a, a, a guy that uh, digs into the lyrics? Yeah, you know, I no, not 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 as not as much anymore. Not yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, back back in the hardcore days, you know, and you know, when I discovered Minor Threat. I was, you know, you know, hung on everything. I you know, read that lyric sheet like it was a, like it was a dust, dust novel or something. Just right. you know, kind of hanging on every single word back. Yeah, but yeah, you, you know, more so, not as much these days. You know, more so. Yeah, you, you know, more so. You know, a little bit, but not more so music. You know, than, than lyrics. Right. Yeah, because that the, the reason I'm asking that uh, because the, it's funny as much as like I said I, I became a fan of this through Rat, but I know all the, a lot of the his lyrics from Rat because around that time in the in the late eighties uh, in the nineties Rat would do this thing where he would go to bars and he'd ask to go to, like do a little set and it would just be him a cappella singing uh, American Music Club and Mark Eitzel lyrics. I can see the pictures hanging on the walls sending me messages from the dead in the room above the club you cry yourself to sleep every night just singing them and he'd have them on little pieces of paper that he'd read them because uh, I guess he was too drunk to actually remember them and he'd sing it just like Mark Eitzel but it was just so weird and we'd some I, I, I'll never forget this just being in a bar like it because it'd always be late like and there would be some other people who didn't know who he was and they're looking like who who is this guy like what is he doing you know <laughs> Yeah, but it's great. And and like I said, eventually when I listen to it, I say, oh, yeah, I know this song. I know, you know, from Red. <laughs> <laughs> right. I used to sing this song. That's, and he would never. Funny. Yeah, I definitely. He, he's not the kind of guy that would go, oh, well, now I'm going to do some song in America. He would just go up and start doing it. So a lot of people, I'm sure, would think, oh, wow, this is great. This is like it was him, you know, like his stuff. <laughs> right, right. This guy's really deep, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Exactly. He's a, he's a deep thinker. But, I mean, it's cool. Obviously, something in Mark Eitzel's lyrics and that obviously grabbed him, took a hold of him where he felt the need to do this. He wasn't doing this with any, really, any other artist. It was just Mark Eitzel and American Music Club. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, wow. I, yeah, again, I, if I ever get a chance to talk to Rad again, I'll definitely pick his brain about AMC yeah, well, for sure. Uh, uh, good luck with that. But uh, <laughs> all right. So that, uh, that gives us a good seg into this uh, next song here that I, I've, like I said, as many times as I've, as I've heard their version of it, I've probably heard Rat's version of it more. Let's listen to a little bit of Outside This Bar. Same old thing. Right back to the same old thing. 
just right from the start, the hospital wouldn't admit you, so we go home again, right back to the same old room, right back to the same old thing. But you know you're just another girl, came from some carry out in hell. You're just another story, how they fucked up the life of a sweet girl. Man, what an opening to a song. I know. I was gonna. I was gonna say that. I was gonna be, before you said that. I was gonna say like right. There's opening lyric right. The hospital wouldn't like. I mean, what other songwriter would? I mean, the hospital would, would sing a song like that. It's just. It's just amazing. And you, you know, it's one of those things, Rob. That you know, it's you know, it's such. It's such a good song. You almost feel like. You know what I mean? Like it could have. Like if the world. You know, if the world things lined up properly, it almost could have been like a, like an arena like an arena rock hit or something you know what i mean it's it's so good and it's, it's catchy you know what i mean it's just like it's you know what i mean it's just, it's just oh it's yeah catchy, no you're right you know? it's it's kind of got everything you could see it like a john mellencamp or a springsteen or something like that right 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 exactly right. Put, put in the right hands right it could have been some like arena rock hit but it you know uh, yeah, because probably uh, sold, you know, a thousand copies or something. I know, I know, because it's, but it's the same thing. He's singing about, you know, they they also, you know, would sing about, you know, these sort of losers and misfits. Because I will say, I mean, Tim, yeah. I don't know, you're probably yeah. the same way. I've spent my fair share of time in in uh, bars and like the types of bars he's singing about, but. This mm-hmm. song is not for me and you. It's not, we're not the kind of people, these are for the people that spend too much time at the bars and uh, to the right. detriment it's, of their lives. Totally, right. Right, the bar, right, the, the Bukowski types, the bar Yes, exactly, are, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, they'll probably come in, the bartender, the bartender, bartender probably like rolls his eye on guys. Yeah. Again, this guy is, never has any money. He's going to, you know, he's already drunk by the time he gets here. He's going to start a fight. You right, know, right. Because, you know, uh, more often than not, if you stay too late at a bar, inevitably, it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. You have to sure. know when to get out. <laughs> that is that is very true. Yeah, because the way, and he, so he ends it, together you and me turn this quiet night into silence, together we'll turn this love into violence. <laughs> so it's like, it just, right, right, it's not right, going to end right. well. Yeah, I, right. I thought about that, that lyric too. I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe sort of like, and I, I, I could, I think... Like this album and then the next one, California, I think a lot of these songs were written when he was still in Columbus, Ohio. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure like a lot of these. Oh, OK. You know, I mean, like a lot of the songs on this. That album, makes sense. You know, you know, I mean, not, not all of them. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, you know, you know, a California based band at this point. But you know, I mean, they had, you know, he had started out in that Columbus band, the Naked Skinnies, which I think then kind of morphed into American Music Club. So, yeah, oh, I think okay. a lot of the songs on here. You know, in Columbus, you know, it's lots right. of bars, probably lo- probably lots of people, you know, that, you know, that he's singing about in these songs. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. That, that actually makes perfect sense. All right. So now we get another. Um, yeah, it, it, it's funny for an album that you could say is kind of a downer of an album, but it doesn't, I don't know, it, uh, it doesn't really hit like that for me, uh, but it just, it definitely has a mood has this like maudlin melancholy mood to it right yep yeah definitely yeah um and uh let's listen to this one it's called at my mercy hold your dress your dress is i'm a coin that fell into the sea Now stumbling around 
I'm lost from view I, I love the way these songs uh, take their time. Like this one, it's it's so long until it finally kicks into the uh, you know the chorus and the whole band kicks in. But it's like it really takes its time until it gets there. Right, right. And, and again, and again, you know, I mean, again, even on this song, when that chorus hits, I mean, you feel like it's so big and hooky. You're like, yeah, yeah. And again, it's, it could have been, could have maybe been a hit. You know, if it the right radio programmer heard it at the right time it could have maybe been a hit right you know, maybe that, we just said a soaring chorus right maybe Rat should have just gone out we should have sent him on tour and then to you know all these towns and then slowly that that way people could have uh, discovered them through, uh, through Rat maybe doing his <laughs> come on Rat <laughs> I wasn't doing his job man uh <laughs> We haven't, um, so we haven't talked about the, the band, the rest of the band, but the, but the playing on the whole record is, is just great. And it's very, at times it's, it's sparse, but it's also just such great, you, uh, with the uh, guitar interplay. And then there's some, uh, you know, there's, there's some string, some cello and some keyboards, but it's all very effective for the songs. Exactly. Right. Right. Some of it's right. It's really sparse, but there's always like, and right. And they're, they're, you know, I mean, they're all terrific players. I have a funny story when, um, at that, speaking of slowcore and the band Codeine, I booked Codeine at the, I, in <clears throat> 1994 and 95 for those two years. I booked this little cafe in Santa Rosa. I booked a bunch of bands for that, for those two years. And I booked Codeine there and all the guys from AMC came to this, except for Iceland and come, but all the other guys came. No, nice. you know I mean, and I, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I was, I was a fan. I was, you know, during the show, so I didn't know them. And I'm like, you know, they all walk up like, fucking, holy the guys from AMC are this. Then <laughs> like a week or so after that, I was in a local record store just talking to Scout Patrice who worked at the record store. And she's like, she's like, well, Tim, you know, Danny, right? I'm like, Danny Pearson from AMC. I'm like, yeah, no. She's like, he lives in Sebastopol. I'm like, what? Which is, that's the next <laughs> town over from Santa. I'm like, she's like, yeah, all the other guys live in San Francisco, but Danny lives in Sebastopol. He's actually, he's always around. So then, so she, yeah, you know, so shortly after that, I, somebody introduced me, you know, somebody introduced me to Danny and we became friends. We, you know, he and I became, we became friendly. Oh, nice. And then their original drummer, Matt Morelli, who drums on half of this record, I got to know, through another friend, my friend Robert, I got to know, I got to know Matt Norelli, um again. It, it, I mean, so whenever I was, I didn't, you know, I didn't like overblown with 
fanboy questions, but I would, yeah, I'd ask him. <laughs> oh, good. Stuff That's about, good. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he, cause he wasn't on any record. Matt wasn't on any records after, after engines. I think, I don't think him and, Eitzel always saw eye to eye on things. So. Yeah, well, there's but, definitely, yeah. and yeah. if you go go through the records, there is a definitely a re- revolving cast of uh, musicians over the years because they 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 broke up for a while and came back, but definitely it, it he's the you know the mainstay, but it, it definitely he's gone through a lot of players. Right, right, right. Up until the time they broke up, it was always Eitzel, Voody, and Danny. It was always like those three. Oh, and, okay. You know, and then they right they did there were some different drummers in there couple different bass players. They added Bruce Caffin on pedal steel for a while. Or, right. And then when they came back after they reformed, it was Eitzel and Voody and then just all different. Yeah. Then whole different cast of characters after that. Right. I mean, Danny was even involved. I don't think after they came back with the, and the reform, I don't think even Danny was involved at that point, but yeah, so I was, I got to, got to know Danny a little bit. Yeah. He's a real nice guy. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. It was, that was, that was yeah, kind of a, kind of a thrill for me. Yeah. Well, I know you definitely have fanboy. There's definitely a, a lot of fanboy in you, Tim. So that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad. To, <laughs> <laughs> trying to play it cool on the fanboy. Show, no, no, I'm, no. Okay. no. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah, right now he's a pretty, but anyway, they walked in the door of that show. I'm like, Hi, five dollars, please. <laughs> yeah, I know that's that's great though. That's great, and it's because you uh, show you booked. You know, you got coding, so that that's awesome. yeah, yeah, that yeah. And no, that was that was probably the most crowded show I had. That was, I mean, I had like a lot of crowded shows, but that one was people were like hanging from the rafters for that show. Nice. All right, so the next one, Gary's song, uh, kind of an outlier on, on the record, right? Uh, different, right? Just about totally. Every- yeah, yeah, it's country, like, kind where, of a, I was thinking, where country song come from? Yeah, kind of like, and it's kind of like a precursor to the alt country thing, but this, this pretty much is like straight up a country song, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it's cool, it's a great song, let's listen to Gary's song. Gary, tell me why the leaves on the trees are falling this year as early as the spring. Great. Yeah. And it sounds, yeah, like a, a kind of a jaunty country tune, but then you wouldn't, when that bridge kicks in, it sounds so good. And then you realize I'm like, wait, what is he singing? And it was, 
if we sit here and drink enough beer, we'll be two inflatable dolls in a hooker's bad dream. When the storm reaches us, we'll be two blind drunks who've <laughs> absorbed through the skin a whole lifetime of kerosene. Right, just like just some of the, just the greatest freaking lyrics ever. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. and they sort of sneak up on you because you just would, especially in a song like that, you wouldn't expect them. And then, you know, of course, later the song is like, and I think I just came in my pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, time I, every time I hear that, I just start cracking up. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, right. I don't know who the hell this Gary is, but uh, the guy they're writing the song about. But now that's definitely definitely one of my AMC favorites for sure. It's a, it's a great one. Yeah. Well, he he seems to write about uh, probably, you know, characters and people he's met over the years. And, and uh, I always love stuff like that. You know, I love when writers, even though they don't, you know, they leave a lot of, uh, you know, things unsaid where you don't know, but it just makes you want to know more about these people they're singing about. Right. Right. Totally. Right. This right. This just this random, maybe just this random bar fly in a Columbus, Ohio bar. You know, right. You know? Right. Yeah, probably. All right, so I was trying this next one, Night Watchmen. I mean, a lot of, like I said, a lot of these lyrics are great, but they can be kind of, um, you know, kind of hard to sort of figure out what he's going for. But I think there's a lot of like regret on this album, like loss and regret. And mm-hmm. when he's talking mm-hmm. about the Night Watchmen, I'm thinking he's using it as a metaphor for like missing, like the, the night watchman missed those signs that, uh, you know, that he, he was supposed to pick up and he, and he missed them and he's regretting that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, you let's us do a little, and then you can give me your interpretation. Yes. 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 Night watchman. I remember how I let you down. Everything you say reminds me of the pain How you lost your dignity Passing in the dream Okay, so what do you think? What, what's your take on Night Watchmen? Yeah, I mean, I mean that you know that opening line. Um, I remember how I let you down. Everything you say reminds I me I of the pain. Remember how I let right, right, right. So yeah, I mean, just just from that, you know, just from that opening line, you know, you know, I mean, may, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, hey, the Night Watchmen they work overnight hours. The guy's not home for his partner. Oh, you know, okay, I mean, okay. Um, you know, working the overnight shift, he doesn't get to see them at night. And, you know, that's, 
Yeah, we want to think of like a night watchman, you know, the person. You know, oh, okay, so more literal. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a metaphor he was doing, but yeah, you're you're saying it's probably just more literal, like someone that's just not there. He's out, yeah, being a night watchman. That's good. That makes it, sense. It, it, you know, but again, with you know Mark Eisler, you're never never a hundred percent sure. You know? Oh no, no, yeah, never never sure. But uh, that's that's the that's what makes the music cool. Now, I was thinking you this. I'm imagining this is a band that you've over the years turned other people on to. Cause like I said, it's definitely a under the radar type band. So have you, do you feel like you've done that? Like over the years, turned people on uh, to the. American yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I definitely, they're, they're you're right. They're one of those bands. You know, I mean, from the moment I discovered them, right. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shut up about them. Right. Yeah, you know, and like, you know, like a lot of, a lot of bands, probably like you, like a lot of bands that I love, like after it gets to a point where it's like, highly would you shut up. You mentioned these guys to me 50 times. Just shut up about it. All right. I'll check out what, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, no, I definitely have to bet these guys to like, to, to everybody, to everybody within earshot for sure. Well, yeah, because there's not, it's not unlike some, you know, some bands you could turn, you could try and turn people onto, but they may not get it or, you know, eh, that's not my cup of tea, but there's nothing, anyone that loves, that loves good music and like well-written songs and that's deep and stuff would, would love this. Right. Right. And, and you know, what's funny, Rob, is like a lot of my friends, you know, you know, especially my, like a lot of friends right around, you know, around that time in California, like a lot of them, their favorite record by, the, by them was Mercury. And that was, that's probably my least favorite. I, again, I, I don't, and, and I'm talking about, you know, you, you, know, you, know, you know, the records before they were formed. I, I'm not talking about the, like, the later records once they got back, you know, just like the, right, the, right, you know, the original, right. when the band was in its original run, you know, yeah. You, yeah, like it seemed like most of my friends who I talked to, like Mercury, that guy was nuts. Again, that's probably my, I mean, I, I don't dislike it, but it's just out of all those, but they, I thought their other albums that I thought were so, were just so much greater. You know, I was just kind of surprised, like Mercury, that's your favorite. Okay. Maybe it's, yeah, sometimes yeah, it's fair, what people, fair enough. it's sometimes it's what people discover, man, but like the, what they're introduced to first and right. that'll become it. So sometimes it's just that. Right. No, good, 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 good point. And I, right, and I, and I do think a lot of people, I do think a lot of people did discover AMC with with Mercury. You know, I, I do think a lot of people discovered them with that record. So right, that, right. that could be so very that, true. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't. Again, I don't think it's a bad record. It's just, it's you know, definitely you know. Well, no, my least favorite is the first one, the Restless. And, oh, okay, okay. You know, again, which had yeah, a couple. Eh, I thought I had a couple of good songs, but you know, it's it. You know, it ain't engine by right. by any stretch. Right. All right, so clouds. I wish this is one of those ones that I that I wish I knew what it was about. I can't get it, but it's really it's a. a decept- I love, and this is one of my favorites. I, I know it's great song. because You're it's right. I'm just kind it's of- really powerful, right? It's heavy and it's powerful, but it's like what what the fuck yeah. is he singing about? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right. You know, a wardrobe filled with well, we'll talk about that. But yeah, wardrobe filled with blood. I mean, right. It's like a something something real real bad happened but he's pushing like well let's do it now but he's pushing his voice into too so whatever he's singing about he's got all the conviction in the world about whatever it is but uh yeah it's yeah, hard yeah, yeah it's hard agreed. to figure out but it's great i love it clouds
really singing the fuck out of the song right no absolutely yeah again that's that's you know you know that's one of those songs ever since i first heard it like you know it's immediately just became one of my favorite amc songs but you're, but you're right I mean, you know i mean it sounds like you know a relationship gone bad you know uh you know no bad feelings linger but you're disgusted in my disgrace I yeah mean, you know you know i mean his you know his lyrics are, they've always been really you know, really self-deprecating. He's always, you know, just constantly like putting himself down. You know, it's like, yep. you know, I mean, lyrics in interviews, you know, on stage, you know, that was always just kind of like a, kind of like a thing with him. But right. um, yeah, again, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Rob. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Other than just taking a guess that like, you know, other than a relationship gone bad, other than that, I'm not, yeah, you know, I can't even, not really sure. Couldn't really pinpoint what it's, what it's about. Right. And, and sort of like, uh, this next one too, I got some questions, electric light. Uh, although I, I love how he's sort of, I, I I love songs that sort of start out right. Like sort of in the middle of something like he's singing right from the start. You got me good. You did the right thing and nothing matters. Everything understood. It's like, wait, what is he talking about there? (laughs) Right, 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 right. It's another one of those ones. Right. I was kind of like hanging on like, right. When I heard, when I went, first started getting into the record just kind of you know like hanging on his every word like wait what the is he talking about himself is he just a right, great right, storyteller right, right. is it did something really bad happen to him you know like what yep that's a really you know, uh right, it, so. this is another really cool song though uh let's listen to a little bit of electric light So whatever the electric light represents, it's not anything like good. It's like the opposite of something good, I think. 
Right, right, right. He got got caught staring into the yeah, you know, into the election. I mean, again, again, I don't know if it's a something that actually, you know, if it's first person something that actually happened to him or if he's you know telling it, you know, something happening to a person he knows. But um, but, but right, right, it was somebody. Right, there's some definite, definite howling anguish there, right? Yes, yes, anguish is a good word. <laughs> You, you know, you know another another thing that I, that somebody told me once. You know, I think it might have been about might might have been specifically about this record. But it, you know, it was a, a drummer friend of mine. And he's and he's, he's like Tim. He's like another thing about that record. He's like, you know how hard it is for drummers to play slowly. And I'm like, no, I'm, oh, I'm, right, right, I'm not right. a musician. I, I I'm not a musician, so I don't know that. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, yeah, it's really. He's like, just listening to this song, you know, drummers, you know, you just with timing and everything. He's like, it's really, really difficult for drummers to play, to play slowly. He's like, so, you know, again. Yeah, you know, yeah, because some drummers yeah. can't do it and it just makes it sound like uh, turgid. And it's like, it's so, it, it, it's true. He's absolutely right. And I've heard this from other drummers too. It's like to get the groove in something slow is really, you have to be a musician like a really musical drummer to pull it off and they definitely throughout this record and and all the you know so-called slow core bands that we love all have great drummers like that and it's not apparent it may not be that apparent to someone you know the casual listener to realize what a great drummer that is and how hard that is to pull off playing slowly like that right right i say i say we bring on mr sam fogarino and have him give us like a little his his take on he the would whole agree. Thing. I think yeah, I think he would totally uh, he yeah. would totally agree. Although I know Sam, trust me, I know Sam, and Sam loves playing fast, so I know that. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I would imagine most drummers probably do, right? Yeah, yeah, but but there is something to the uh, to that slow groove that, uh, and uh, Sam's a great drummer too, so he'd be, he'd definitely be able to. He yeah. definitely yeah, has absolutely. and can pull it off. All right, so Mom's TV. I have a I have a theory with n- nothing to back it up, but. Listen to it now and think of the lyrics, and I feel like it could be like a message to like a, a dad, like someone with a with a shitty absent dad. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. Let's okay. Listen to a okay. little bit of Mom's TV.
So just those lines like, why do you hate me so bad? Oh, uh, tell me why you gave up so easily. You know, God, I hate you. I, I don't know. For some reason, for me, I'm thinking someone someone railing at his, at his absent dad. A- absent dad? Yeah, that I mean, but it, it could it could be just some a uh, uh, person like a partner or an ex partner he's singing about too. It could be that too, right? I, I, I mean, this is one of the you know again when I first heard this album, first started getting into it. This is this is one of the songs you know this song in particular I would just like listen to obsessively, kind of over and over again, and I'm just like, that, right, that one part in the song, I'm like. How does he sing that he hates his mom? You know, just mom's. He, you know, that was my initial thought. Right. And of course, you know, over the years, my thoughts of the song have kind of, you know, kind of ebbed and flowed. And you know, but it's like, yeah, when you first, I mean, you know, it's, you know, what I mean, it's just not something you just don't hear. You know, you don't hear a singer singing that. You know, so powerfully, like so you know, raw. Yeah. You know, oh God, I hate you. You just don't. You just don't. Right. You just don't. You don't hear that. I mean, there's you know most. You know, most singers just don't have the balls to do that, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Also, Tim, just listening to it now, like listening to the beginning of it in, in my headphones, I'm thinking all these fans of the national bands like the national which which are fine i i have no problem with the national and, and i like them but i would think fans of the national would love maybe never heard this and, and would love all this because this is i feel like that's what the, right. the, the national came from things like this i am good i am grounded davy says that i look taller but i can't get my head around it I keep feeling smaller and smaller. Right, right, exactly, right, right. That, that, right, that main guy, that main guy from that, right, he's probably been listening to this record for decades. Yeah, right? you would, you, like, you would right, think so. I would be shocked if it, that wasn't true, the case, but yeah. No, totally, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, you know, I don't know that much about the National, you know what I mean, but a little I know and have heard and read, right, it seems like this would... Right, it seems like this could have been their blueprint for what they wanted in their to do, realize. for sure. It, if this, it's a shame this album is not Spotify because all these people listening to the National on there, you should say, well, if you like that, you you will like this, you know? <laughs> oh, but they can't do that because it's not on there. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. And again, you know, I mean, just over the years, right? I mean, I mean dude, you know, Mark Heisel, did he did a, you know, he did that, he did a record with, with Peter Buck. There's no way. The street is all blocked off. Police lights spin. Mm, sirens and certain You know, Peter Buck was yes. like, you know, even Peter Buck was like, God, I got to try and get this guy more. Work. Even that didn't work. It's like, uh, right, again, I right. told the guy, you just, you just can't get your kind of see again. It's great as a songwriter and vocalist again he just the guy for whatever reason the guy just unfortunately just can't get arrested i don't Couldn't know get yeah, a break. I don't, I don't. but it's kind of fitting you would think for it's kind of fitting in a way for the characters he writes about and for his whole uh you know milieu it, it kind of all fits it's sad to say right no, right exactly right right you know right like 30 you know 20 30 50 years from now people are like you know it's you know he'll get he'll be like you know like like, you know, Fred Neal or some, you know, Tim Buckley, like, you know, one of those like totally unsung singer songwriters right. from like the 50s and 60s. He'll be like that guy, like, oh, there was this guy yeah, back in yeah. the 80s and 90s. Mark, you should have heard this guy, Mark. Yeah, right. They'll, they'll be, you know, right. He'll be, you know, long gone by then, but, you know, they'll, I know, that sucks. You know, he'll be singing his praises, you know, long after he's gone. Yep. 
but yeah, that, but yeah, mom's TV. That's a, that's a, that's a heavy one. It's, it's a, heavy. It's a and the album, song. I feel like the, the album's heavy now for the, I mean, the whole album's kind of heavy, but it gets the heaviness sort of follows the album to the end now. Cause we have the art of the art of love, which at least I, I don't know. I don't know much about his personal life, but I feel at, at the time this record was made, I don't feel like he believed in like the art of love and the power of love or anything like that. <laughs> I just don't get that. Right. Right. No, totally. I would agree with you on right. It seemed like he, right. I mean, whatever relationships he did have were, you know, kind of fractured and broken and, and just, yeah, just um, didn't, yeah. Um, didn't seem to end well. Right, right, right. Uh, but still, this is a great song to listen to the art of the Once again, just the, his singing, the, the, the desperation in his voice is just like, uh, oh man, it's great. Right, right. At the very beginning of the song, he kind of mumbles something about a magic carpet ride. I'm not, right. not sure what the hell that's all about. Yeah. But, but uh, magic carpet ride, right. And then he, you know, and if, this, this song kind of reminds me how like on the next record, California, they had Bad Liquor. Bad Liquor was like the the gnarly noisy song that's kind of like this is this is like the bad liquor off of engine it's just oh, you know okay. where they add the distortion and it's, you know it, you know just kind of i just something i just thought about you know just you know they you know the more rocking distorted electric song that you know where you know most of the album isn't that you know right all right so now we get to asleep uh now this is interesting you know about a uh, kathleen burns right uh, refresh my memory. Okay. Well, so I guess here's as good a point uh, as anywhere to say that I, so it came out as gay in 85, in 1985, but, but his muse was apparently this woman who he had lived with for like over eight years called uh, Kathleen Burns. And she's credited as a co-writer on this song, Asleep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, do. I don't think I knew that. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They're uh, dropping the knowledge on uh, that record got me high, you know. <laughs> okay. But I thought, you know, it, it's interesting because no, obviously, uh, not that it matters, but no one apparently, when, when you hear his songs, you don't know who he's singing about or who he's singing them to. But right. it, it's just interesting to me that this woman that, you know, was an ex-girlfriend and he lived with for many long time sort of became his muse for a lot of this stuff. But, you know, he was not, that was not his uh, acclivity, you know, uh, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I even, because I didn't even know 
I think I don't like. I don't think it was like the '90s till I found out that he was gay. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't remember ever saying anything in interviews about it. Or, I didn't realize you know, that he'd come out as early as he did. But um, yeah, yeah, just kind of uh, kind of interesting. But it's a really, uh, it's a really pretty uh, song, and um, I don't know the the fact that she's a co-writer on it. Just to me, was kind of interesting. But let's, let's listen to a little. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Asleep. You. And takes its time with that whole that that haunting, creeping intro until it finally kicks in, yep, and yep. Uh, yeah, really powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and now, now that now that you mentioned Kathleen Burns, that must be the same Kathleen. Speaking of powerful, haunting songs on the United Kingdom album, there's a song called Kathleen. Check it out. That's a that's a great one. But yeah, that again, that's I'm sure that's about I'm sure that's about her as well. Well, um, basically, it's it's funny because when you read the lyrics, it's basically like so. Basically, you're at your best when you you're asleep. I I like you, but I like you best when you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I feel like he's saying in this. Um, we should mention also. So you called him uh, Voody. That was his nickname, but that's Mark uh, Penkler. Uh, but his nickname was uh, Voody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. You, you know, I mean, throughout the whole tenure of the band, he was all, he was known as like nobody even knew his real name. It was always oh, it was always okay. Voodie. That's funny. It was Voody. Yeah, it was it was always Voody. Yeah, nobody nobody. I mean, yeah, I I learned as I think Danny told me his real name once, but it was yeah. I mean, all the records it just says guitars Voody. Yeah, it just has who apparently after the band after the band broke up. You know, when they when they broke up in the nineties, apparently he became a bus driver in L.A. Is what, that's what I heard. Oh wow. That's something because you had to get on the bus. It's like, wait a minute, that's Booty's driving the bus. Oh my god! That yeah, you would you imagine you you would totally fanboy over him, you know? 
<laughs> You'd be stepping over the, the yellow day. line. You're supposed to stay behind to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of like the secret weapon on these early uh, records uh, because I agree. His guitar totally playing agree, is just great. Phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, yeah. So good, and yeah, it fits, you, you, know, uh, I'll, you know, I'll throw in. I'll throw I'll throw in some I'll throw in some uh, some love for Danny too. You know, Danny plays like uh, you know mandolin, guitar, bass. You know, Danny's really right. talented as well. But yeah, Booty is Booty that lead guitar playing man. Yeah, he's he's uh, again another super like just underrated talented guy. Yep. Um, all right. So now we get the closing track this year. And shocker, I guess this year sucked. I guess whatever year it was, it sucked. Uh, <laughs> but it's really, it's a really cool closer, typically maudlin, uh, very fitting, I feel like, for the record. Let's listen to this year. This year. This year. Oh, what's the look this year? Is it the look of things to come? Has it all been said? Has it all been done? The sun upon the sea Did you dress that way for me? This year, this year, everyone just did around and watched my family tree burn down, watched it crumple. right here i just faded it out but this next line here and anything beautiful that you can contrive has no desire to survive and i feel like that's sort of like this uh, this album and his songs are so beautiful anything beautiful you can contrive has no desire to survive and and uh, yeah like we were saying it's kind of a shame that more people don't know about this band right right yeah no, so that, yeah right that song seems like it's a very 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 fitting very fitting way to end the record, you know? Yeah. And it's, I like, it's like this year, everyone just stood around. It's like, right. Yeah. It's like what other, you know, what other, who else, what other lyricists are called with something, something that cool, you know, we just stood around. Yeah. It's great. Uh, such a great record. And yeah, I think the first time when we first got together in person, you mentioned uh, uh, that you were an America, uh, a huge uh, AMC fan. And I was kind of surprised. I said, Oh really? And then I, of course I told you about rat that rats, the, the, the other yep. huge fan I knew was rat. Uh, but I'm glad you uh, finally got to do an album by them. This was cool. How come? Just out of curiosity, how, how come Rat hasn't done, didn't do, didn't do this album or a different album by them? Uh, I, I don't I mean, know. He's a. Uh... <laughs> He's very busy lately. I don't know. He probably could have. He he did. Uh, My dad is dead, and he did um, Nick Drake. He's a huge Nick Drake fan, so he did that. And uh, I don't know. Eitzel, Eitzel was Eitzel was a huge Nick Drake fan. Eitzel's one of the first people I remember like talking about Nick Drake. Like, oh, really? Day, like, uh, okay, that makes yep. sense. Yeah, yep. that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you know, and Eitzel spent some of his growing up years in England. You know, so that would also. 
also uh, makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I do have to add, I don't know how much longer we have, but I do want to add in this. But, um, you know, the story I like to tell is from the time I moved to California in, uh, in summer of 92, from at that time until the time they broke up, I don't think I missed any AMC shows in, in San Francisco. Nice. In, you, you know I mean, right. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. You know, if they were, if they were playing and I knew about it, I would have, I mean, I, again, for me, it was, you know, I saw them that one time on the East coast in New York. And then, you know, it was just kind of like a dream come true. Like being, I was in, you know, I was an hour North of San Francisco up in Santa Rosa, you know, so, you know, a little, little bit of a drive, but, um, but um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't think I missed, I don't think I missed any of their shows, and, you know, unless they were maybe, playing some dive bar in the middle of the week that I didn't know about. But. Right. Right. Well, that's good. You're a, you're a true fan. And uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. There's, there should be more of you. There should be more Tim Hineley's in the world. Well, hopefully the, hopefully the podcast will be, hopefully yeah. it'll pay. Yeah, if, it, <laughs> if it turns one or two more people onto the band and it's, it's done its job, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it, 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 that happens all the time. I get notes from people saying, man, I, I, I'd heard about them, but I never did. And I didn't realize how great a record it was. So yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. So, uh, so Tim, anything going on lately? Anything you want to turn people onto, point people to? Man, you know, man, just I'm still just go to the go to the site uh, daggerzine.tumblr.com. I mean, I still try and I still try and put up a re- one review every day, pretty much, you know, just about every day, if not. Daggerzine.tumblr is a, a Tumblr. Are Tumblr keeping the platform up just for you, Tim, or is there? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt. <laughs> Other than me, does anybody else read? They're like, we should we should really shut this down. But that that guy Tim, man, he's still on it. So, (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I had a, I had my buddy Bill owned he he owned the domain, the daggerzine.com. He owned the domain for many years. He would, I would do, you know, Bill. He was like the technical guy, so I would do the reviews, and Bill would for years he would put them up on the site, and then he kind of got tired of doing it and then the daggerzine.com got taken over i don't know it's it's some weird when you go to now there's just some weird shit oh, on there. okay all right we'll go to the so, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That tumblr that that's fine anything uh anything you want to see what's going on with tim go there that's good yeah you know all again i'm always putting reviews up and always uh just always discovering new stuff and you know, yeah yeah always, you are a seeker you're a seeker of music for sure and I'm, that's why i'm glad i hooked you up with my friend will trev and you guys get because will's the same way he loves talking music and he loves uh turning people on to new music so will and i we're, we're, will and i are gonna have burgers some night this week oh, we're planning I'm on it. jealous i'm so goddamn jealous oh well uh, we're going to get a burger stop, which I can I can walk to actually. So. Oh, nice. Anywho, well, I'm going to show one yeah. of these days. I'm going to surprise you guys and fly down and show up for one of, one of these. Yeah, yeah, no. If you do, seriously, if you do show up, please do. Yeah, please do. Let me know. I will for sure, for sure. I will. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high on X. X so stupid. What the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you? At X, you can. It's at TRGMH podcast. God. Dumbass, dumb I thought I didn't logo. think it was real at first. It's like, wait, is this real? Is it really called X now? But whatever. <laughs> All right, right. The whole thing was like a big joke, like a, like yeah. a goof. Or, uh, you can email me at uh, trgmh33 at gmail.com. Don't forget, most importantly, if you want to become a patron of the show and help support me and help support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. I would appreciate it. Tim, as always, this was great. Hopefully next time uh, we'll see each other in person uh, sooner than later. Yes, that would be that would be awesome, Rob. And again, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity for uh, being on the show and to be able to talk about this great record. I really appreciate it. Awesome.
appreciate you and I appreciate all you listeners. Until next week, I'm Rob Elba. We are out of here. Alright, so we can destroy this world. We can go somewhere, we can go somewhere and destroy this world. I remember when your girlfriend would put you on display. You'd be the life of the party. You'd be so fucking funny. In all the clothes that the sweet, sweet angels wear Outside this bar, there's no one alive Outside this bar, tell me, does anyone survive? Good night. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. A toast to you.